Welcome to this session in our series on questions and answers. In our last session, we began to answer the question, why do we need church history? And in this session, we're going to continue to answer that question, but this time focusing on some more practical issues. In the last session, we talked about how biblically uh, the Bible points us toward the importance of church history. And in this session, still using the Bible, we're going to look at some of the practical ways that church history benefits us. So uh, let's look together and think together at, uh, look at the scriptures together and think together about how learning from church history can benefit us practically as believers. So let's start with this. In Ephesians chapter 4, the Bible tells us that Jesus has given gifts to the church for the benefit of the church. And here's how the Apostle Paul says it, beginning in verse 11 of Ephesians 4. It says, And he, Jesus, gave the apostles, the prophets, the evangelists, the shepherds, and teachers to equip the saints for the work of ministry, for building up the body of Christ, until we all attain to the unity of the faith and of the knowledge of the Son of God, to mature manhood, to the measure of the stature of the fullness of Christ, so that we may no longer be children tossed to and fro by the waves and carried about by every wind of doctrine, by human cunning, by craftiness in deceitful schemes. So the first point I want to make is that we want to benefit from the gifts that Jesus has given to his church. And Paul lists among those gifts not only the apostles like Paul and Peter and James and John, Right? But also, he says, evangelists and pastors and teachers or shepherds and teachers. And that is not limited to only the pastors and teachers that are alive at the same time as you and I, or even living in the same part of the world as you and I. Right? We can benefit from the pastors and teachers and evangelists that Jesus has given to his church, not only in the place where we are, but also in places where we aren't and in times different than the ones in which we live. We can learn from the great teachers and preachers of the church, whether they lived a hundred years after Jesus or 2000 years after Jesus or somewhere in between. We can benefit from Martin Luther in the 1500s, Martin Lloyd-Jones in the 1900s, Augustine around the 400s, Athanasius in the 300s, and everyone in between. Right? We can benefit from and ought to want to benefit from those teachers and pastors and shepherds and evangelists that Jesus has given to his church in order to equip and mature us, in order to help us to attain to the unity of the faith, in order to reach the fullness of the stature of Christ. So that's the first practical reason, is that Jesus has given, the first practical reason for uh, benefiting from church history is that Jesus has given these gifts to his church Right? Whether we're talking again about pastors living today or pastors from the past like Augustine or Martin Luther or Martin Lloyd-Jones. He's given these gifts to the church to benefit us. Right? So that's the first thing. Second thing is, second practical reason why we should pay attention to church history is because uh, wisdom comes 
from an abundance of counselors, right? The book of Proverbs talks about this. Proverbs 11, verse 14 says, where there is no guidance, a people falls, but in an abundance of counselors, there is safety. And then in Proverbs 15, 22, it says, without counsel, plans fail, but with many advisors, they succeed. Right? So it's good, in other words, to have an abundance of counselors whenever you're making a plan, right? whenever you are seeking to determine a course of action. And what I want to say is your counselors don't all have to be alive right now. You can receive counsel from people who lived long before you, right? You can receive counsel from people who have demonstrated their wisdom, not just in the last few years, but perhaps over an entire lifetime that we can now look back on as a whole and say that man was extremely wise. His counsel was good. And we can learn from what he had to say about what it means to live a faithful Christian life, what it means to be a faithful pastor, what it looks like to live faithfully when the culture that you're living in is hostile toward you. Right? Those don't all have, all that wisdom, all that counsel doesn't have to come only from the living, although it should come from them as well, but it can come also from those who lived before us from those who lived earlier in the, uh, the, the life of the church, the history of the church. So that's the second reason. Right? First reason is we want to benefit from the gifts that Jesus has given to his church. Second reason is there's wisdom and an abundance of counselors. Scripture says that our counselors don't all have to be living. Third reason is to avoid uh, pride in the present, or uh, to, to use C.S. Lewis's phrase, chronological snobbery. And what, what I mean by this and what goes along with what I think C.S. Lewis meant by this is the idea that we can be proud, right, not only in ourselves, but also in our time. We can think that all wisdom, right, that all, um, you know, understanding, that all knowledge has culminated in our time period, that the past, in other words, has nothing to teach us, that, that we know everything we need to know right now, and we don't need to learn from those who came before us. But the Bible says in James 4, 6, right, that God opposes the proud, but gives grace to the humble. We all, we all know that, right, that God opposes the proud and gives grace to the humble. We don't want to be proud. We do want to be humble people. And what I'm saying is that there's a certain kind of pride that says Nothing that came before me matters, right? There's a certain kind of pride that says nothing that came before now is as good as what exists now. Uh, and, that, and that can be true about all kinds of things, right? Whether it's knowledge or whether it's, um, you know, music or whether it's, you know, whatever. It could be any number of things, Right? That is a form of pride, right? Again, in saying that everything that was before me, everything thought, written, uh, produced, created, uh, whatever, is inferior to what we know now. That's pride. That's pride, to assume that everything that came before us is inferior. Instead, humility says, not only I don't know everything, but also 
people who lived before my time might have something to teach me. People who came before me might know some things that I need to learn that I'm not learning on my own, that I need to learn from them. We know this is true, right, among the living. Like, we know that it is arrogant to assume that you don't need to learn from people who are 10, 20, 30, 40, 50 years older than you. That that you and your peers know everything that you need to know. We know that that's arrogant. We know that that's prideful, but we can extend that beyond just the the people who are older than us and and still alive to those who came before us and lived in different periods of time, different periods of history, encountered in some ways some different scenarios, but also in some ways some very similar scenarios, right? And maybe understood some things that we need to learn. Maybe they Maybe they um, came to understand some things, learned some things, right? were able to articulate some things that we haven't figured out yet, that we, we could benefit from them if we would just be willing to listen to them. Right? So uh, listening to church history is a way to be humble and not proud. Right? Listening to church history provides us an abundance of counselors and counselors beyond even our own time period. Right? Um, listening to church history enables us to benefit from more of the gifts that Jesus has given to his church beyond just the ones that happen to be available to us right now uh, among the living preachers and teachers and evangelists and so on. And then finally, One more practical reason why we should listen to church history is because, as Solomon said, there's nothing new under the sun. Remember these words from Ecclesiastes 1.9 where he says, What has been is what will be, and what has been done is what will be done, and there is nothing new under the sun. Right? We all know the old adage that history repeats itself. So why not learn from both the wisdom and the errors of the past, not only in world history or our national history generally, but why not also learn from the, the wisdom and the errors of the history of the church? Right? Why not learn from those who wrestled with how to faithfully communicate the doctrine of the Trinity? Why not learn from Martin Luther's struggle to understand God and his coming to understand the the mercy of God and uh, to understand that he didn't need any works to make himself right with God, but that God would give him righteousness by faith. Why not learn from Luther's struggle? Why not learn from the experiences of the early church when uh, many of them lived in, in cultures and places where um, the, the culture was hostile towards uh, Christian faith, right? Um, when they were out of step in many ways with the culture and learn from what they did and what they didn't do and how they interacted with people and how they appealed to people and how they sought to uh, explain to people who were unfamiliar with Christianity and, and who misunderstood Christianity what Christians really believed. Why not learn from the past since 
As Solomon said, there's nothing new under the sun. We might find ourselves living in an environment very similar to someone who was a Christian 100, 200, 300 years after Jesus. Uh, why not learn from the wisdom that they hammered out over decades and even over centuries? Why not learn from them instead of trying to figure it all out on our own as we go? So church history can be very practical, can be very helpful, can be very instructive, can be very beneficial. Not only, as we saw last time, does uh, the Bible point us toward the benefits of church history, but if we think beyond our own lifetime, beyond those who are alive at the same time as us, uh, the Scripture encourages us right, to have an abundance of counselors, and that doesn't just have to be the people who are alive when we're alive. It tells us that Jesus has given gifts to his church, and some of those gifts are people that Jesus gave to the church before our lifetime, but because people have preserved their writings, we can still learn from them. Right? We can learn from the mistakes and the wisdom of the past. We can learn from the example, uh, the hard-won victories of those who've gone before us, and learning from the past is a way to humble ourselves, a way to, um, to fight and resist some of the pride that continues to crop up in our hearts, specifically the pride that says, you know, we have all the knowledge we need on our own. We understand more than those who came before us and those kinds of things. So uh, I hope between last session and this session, I hope you're encouraged, inspired uh, to, to go dig into church history, to learn about Athanasius, Augustine, Martin Luther, Martin Lloyd-Jones, uh, to, to learn about uh, Justin Martyr, to learn about some of the men and women who went before us who were faithful, who loved Jesus, who followed Jesus, who searched the scriptures, who sought to be faithful in their lifetime, who are gifts to us and who can instruct us and give us good counsel and who can help us learn how to live faithfully following Christ in our own day and time. God bless.